Case 025, field notes. 17th of reading. My studies indicate that these are intelligent creatures, but today's session brings this assumption into question. Unit 025 discovered the impact crater easily enough, and then followed the drag box into the lava tube. However, the subjects then display their incapacity to think instead of fight, as they walked directly into the mouth of a waiting glimmer hollow and struggled with the simple task of forging a molten river. The unit approaches the source. Status results unpromising, but monitoring continues. continues around a blind corner opening up into a room with a huge pit along one wall that falls 30 feet into a lake of lava. The drag marks that you've been following lead to a roughly 14 foot tall black crystal in the center of the room. Uh, a golden light is glittering from within. Beyond the crystal at the edge of the lava pit stands a figure in a long hooded black cloak. They're facing away from you and don't yet notice you. Magic swells around their outstretched hands and you feel a cold breeze cut through the cavern. Beneath them, a river of fire is turning to solid rock and plumes of pressure burst from the rapidly cooling surface. The figure turns. It's a half-elf woman with long white hair and nut-brown skin. A firefoot fennec fox peeks out of her hood. You'd recognize her anywhere. It's Gwen, the sorcerer who recently left your party and the final member of the Falcon Four. So, if you will do an initiative roll based off of perception. 27 for Imogen. Good job, Imogen. Roll the 19 plus eight, and then I have Swagger in initial, which is another plus two. 15 for Shira. I got a 17. You are probably about 60 feet away, so like two actions away from Gwen, who has just turned around. And uh, she's kind of looking, she looks odd. She, she doesn't say anything. She, there's no gleam of recognition in her eyes when she turns to you. And uh, she just pretty much readies for a battle. Uh, Briggs, what do you do? Briggs wouldn't know who that is. Yeah, neither Briggs nor Imogen know who that is. And we're at the top of the initiative. Right. Gwen, it is I, Dante, what are you doing here? And she just doesn't respond. You left us and I still have your really cool armband on me right here. Check this out. What are you doing? What is this crystal? I have questions. It is I, your friend, Dante. Uh, is, she a, is she a friend of yours? Yeah. Gwen, where have you been? Why are you here? Yeah, and she just doesn't respond. And you notice that she, like, her eyes look really weird. She just has no expression whatsoever. And she basically half turns back to what she was doing with uh, 
cold magic swelling around one hand, and she aims it back at the lava pit. She's freezing the lava? Is that is that what's going on? Or the magma? Yeah, she's freezing the lo- the like top surface of this lava pit, basically. Where is it going? Is it like flowing in any direction? Uh, no, it's like the center of a volcano. So she's freezing the center of the volcano. She's basically like freezing a lake of lava or working on freezing a, a lake of lava. It's large, so it's going to take a while. It's also quite hot, so it's going to take a while. Well, that's that's metal AF. Is there like a hole above us? Like the, open, yeah, the, like the opening to the volcano? No, you're kind of in a cavern in the center of the volcano. There was an opening in the previous room. Then you passed a small lake of lava to get in here. Or sorry, a small river of lava. Uh, but basically now you're in pretty deep into the center of the volcano. And she is standing essentially on a cliff above like the heart of the volcano, if you will. And she is attempting to freeze the lava into solid rock. The one other thing that you notice is if you have uh, eagle eyes at all, which all of you seem to have, there is a small bit of the crystal lodged in her forehead. Oh. We might deduce that the crystal is from that impact, perhaps? Yes. (laughs) This is our friend Gwen. She was part of the original Falcon 4, but I don't know what she's doing. Something seems wrong. Y'all, she doesn't seem in her right mind. Uh, how about we uh, knock that crystal out of her head and see if she's more prone to talking? I mean, th- uh, I mean, could that possibly kill her? Could the crystal be further in her head than than we know? Or uh, I'm a cleric. I know things about things. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good at healing and stuff, and I feel that I don't know enough about this crystal to remove it yet. I, f- I feel like we roll for initiative, so there's supposed to be some sort of combat that happens here. While you're talking, she starts to summon um, a creature with her other hand, which, for reference, uh, the two folks in the party who have hung out with her have never seen her do shit like this. She So one hand is still freezing the volcano, and with the other one, she kind of, like, makes a swirling motion. And from the ground rises a clear crystal spider the size of a man that crawls silently forward with one of its front limbs ending in a wicked, curved blade. So that creature has just been summoned against you. Well, Gwen, uh, we're going to try to save you, <laughs> but first. Uh, so, but first, and if somebody wants to fight, yeah. Riggs, you're quick on your feet. You're up first. So I guess take two actions, and then I'm going to attack the spidery thing. Fifteen. That is a hit. What kind of attack are you doing? Piercing. So you're piercing with your rapier? Yes. Six damage. Okay, so you pierce into this thing, and one thing you immediately notice is that it's, like, uh, kind of weirdly hard. So I said it was a crystal spider. Um, It is quite, you know, large for a spider. Not enormous, but think, like, two feet tall. When you try to pierce it, it, yes, it goes in, but it's kind of a weirdly hard uh, vermin creature. 
Imogen. Well, I, I turn to Shira. I, I know you probably don't want to get up there and straight up murder your friend, but now we've got a big old spider to hit. So, uh, mind if I uh, imbue your weapon with some magic? Yeah, let's do it. I think any crystalline spider is fair game. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to touch whatever weapon you have out right now. Realistically, I probably had my short sword out. That's, that's probably uh, just the one that I would see in your hand and go for. Uh, so I would whisper a prayer to Torog. Torog, grant her the strength to do your good works this year on Galarian. Uh, and I uh, cast my hand over it, running my hand up the length of the short sword. So I cast Magic Weapon. And Lauren, that means that you get a plus one to hit. So a plus one on attack rolls. And additionally, it does an extra damage die. So if your short sword does 1d6 of damage, it now does 2d6 of damage. Well, that's ballin'. Thank you. Uh, hell yeah. And then I will move forward my full complement of movement, which is 15 whole feet, uh, and get closer to our opponents. And that's my turn. Okay, so you're, just for reference, you're approximately 45 feet away now. It will take me quite some time to get there. The speed of dwarf. All right, the diamond spider. Oh shit, I spoiled what it is. That doesn't matter. Uh, it is going to go for Briggs because Briggs is directly next to it. And it is going to attack with its sharp claw arm, basically. 15, does that hit? No. Okay. Uh, it bounces off of you and it looks upset the way spiders do. Uh, the next thing it's going to do is try to bite you. Um, for this, it is a 13. No. Okay, so it is going to then skitter away towards uh, Sarah, towards the image. Bring it. All right, next up is Gwen. Uh, she looks at the diamond spider swirls her hand again, and she summons another creature. And this creature is a seething mass of bubbling molten rock uh, that churns of its own accord. So uh, she swirls her hand, and essentially from the, the, like a crack in the ground, a bunch of bubbling lava starts to come up. And that ooze is going to basically pop up more or less next to Cody where or next to Briggs where the previous summoning occurred so a couple feet away from her and next to Briggs that's her first action her second action is going to be an attack cool yeah she's gonna do flaming sphere um flaming sphere is a ball of fire that rolls and she's going to shoot it at Briggs. Would that also hit the magma boy? Um, yeah, but he's made out of fire. It comes rolling straight at you. Cody, do you have a whip and the Indiana theme? <laughs> Indiana Jones theme? Okay, so you, with your quick reflexes, kind of dodge out of the way and it you know, rolls uh, a ways more and then sort of, I don't know, 
just like disappears in a <clears throat> flash of light and ash. Her last action, she's just going to turn back to the to the pit of lava, and now both of her hands are going ice mode. Great. Next up, Dante. Okay, I have questions. Yes. A, how far away is Dante from Gwen? 60 feet. Okay, Two 60 feet. Great. Okay, second question. Um, would you say that Gwen is 60 feet away and then uh, Briggs is to the right and then Imogen is to the left further up and then they're being attacked or near? Imogen is in a straight line between you and Gwen, I think, and she's okay. 30 feet up, so she's halfway. Okay. And we will say that Cody is 55 feet. And he's off to the left or right? Or... To the, yeah, to the left. Okay. We'll say, to the side, slightly sure. to the side. Okay. Uh, basically, Dante's going to move twice. Okay. And the first move, and I, there's distance basically between, uh, between Briggs and Imogen. And I'm going to, Dante, using his tactful mind of battle, he's going to go in between them towards Gwen. So he's going to move 25 feet, because that's his max. That's his first move. Okay. Then he's going to move five feet. He's going to be in between. And he's going to use his returning javelin for his third action to throw and try to dislodge the crystal out of Gwen's. So you're throwing a javelin at oh. Gwen's head. Yes. Okay. Returning javelin. I don't think that makes it softer. I'm just saying. It's gonna hurt her, but okay. Well, the 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 point is, is that she's attacking us. The crystal seems to be a major problem, so I'm going for it. Dante Dante's gonna do it, and if you know she she's attacking us, and right. Dante so doesn't want to hurt her. You're aiming for the crystal. Yes. Okay. Um, go ahead and give me your. Go ahead and give me your roll to hit. Okay. And then I also want you to roll a uh, a D one like the the one hundred percent die. Okay. Um, and tell me what you get on that. Twenty six. Okay, that's a hit. Okay. And then you said a D one hundred. Yeah. Seventy. Ooh, that was the cutoff, my friend. Really? Yeah. Is that bad? No, that's good. Okay. That means you actually hit the crystal in her head more than her okay, herself. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> that's gone. It's done. Okay, how much damage did you do? Oh, now I gotta do damage. That is a seven points of damage. Okay, so here's how this happens. Um, it's gonna hit the crystal in her head. It's still gonna hit her because her head is connected to yes. the crystal. Uh, but it's going to do slightly less damage to her okay. than it would have if you had just hit her in the neck. Uh, so if you just missed a little bit. So Gwen will take some damage and the crystal is uh, dislodged slightly, but not 100%. Let's see. she runs next, right? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm just going to yell at her and be like, Haha, <laughs> aim for the crystal! I have no idea if it's gonna work or not, but. And keep in mind, there's crystal in her head. There's also a giant 14 foot crystal. Yeah. Can I get a recap on how far away I am from Gwen? 
You are 60 feet away from Gwen. Between you, 30 feet away is a diamond spider. And 55 feet away is an ooze made out of magma. I'm going to try and stealth my way past both of the creatures to try and get to Gwen. And what I'm going to attempt to do is, like, essentially sneak up behind Gwen and, like, get up on her back and, like, try and rip the crystal from her forehead. Dope. Yes. So I am need some guidance on what kind of checks I need to do in order to do this. So give me a stealth check, and we'll use that one stealth check for both critters okay i got an 18. okay that will be enough to get past one critter but not the second so you're going to incur an attack of opportunity from wait is attacks of opportunity a thing anymore uh if they have uh the reaction for it but i did want to throw out eli i don't know how by the book you want to do this a-okay if you're not feeling it uh if you do Sneak, Lauren, you only move up to half your speed. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. That has a very similar result of what I think she should do because based on her role, which is you don't make it all the way to Gwen, you make it to the magma creature. Yeah, I feel fine about that. Cody is next to the magma ooze as well. Ooh! Mm -hmm. Hell yeah, let's um... GM, is that clear? Can I yeah, be like I'll let you. So you can go ahead and we'll say you snuck past your first move. You snuck past this diamond spider. You made it to the magma ooze and set up the flank in your second move. And then now your third move, if you wanted to attack, you may. Yeah, let's, um, I would like to use my currently magical cold iron short sword against this lava ooze creature. All right, let's see it. That's a 24 to hit. Yeah, that's a crit. Uh, so, <laughs> let yes. me pull out my Wait, crit is, is that a crit sneak attack? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot happening there. What's your sneak attack die at this point? It's a 1d6. Okay. So you're doing that much. Since your short sword is 2d6 right now, that's 4d6 plus an additional d6. That's a lot. <laughs> this yeah, hit is such a crazy hit that it actually releases extra magic that you didn't expect to happen. Oh shit. It does double damage and then you and the target switch places, which is hilarious cuz you're just next to it. <laughs> so you you like hit it and then you magically switch trans like switch places <laughs> like wait what? And uh, the, your flank is broken, I guess, and uh, but you do, do, but you do double damage. So after I rolled all of those dice, I got twenty-two points of damage. Twenty-two points of damage. Great. Next is the magma ooze, which has now switched places with you, <laughs> and now you two are directly next to it. So, as expressively confused as a magma ooze can be, which is sort of a <laughs> Lava creature with can not you, much of a can, face. Can you please make the noise of the confused lava creature? Ooh. Okay. It's like boiling water. <laughs> yeah. He is going to, he, it is going to attack 
both of you. Wow, I rolled shitty. Wow. Wow. So bad. Okay, I got a two. So Whoa. that is probably not going to hit. <laughs> so, um, I have a, uh, an ability called Opportune uh, Repost. It's a trigger, uh, trigger, trigger when a foe within reach critically fails a strike against you. So I get to make an attack roll against it for failure for critical failure. Sweet. Okay. So that is a twenty-seven to hit. Uh, yeah, that's a hit. That's a, oh, sorry, that's a crit. These things have really, really low. Oozes have really low AC. Let me pull your crit card. Tongue piercing. Normal damage plus one con damage. So I did 19 points of damage. I hit him with a Zorro with the three hits. <laughs> that glows brightly from the lava underneath his skin. <laughs> the, the constitution damage was from the Z. It's like visibly confused from it. Like what? Oh, yes. It is looking kind of fine. I mean, it's not, like I said, it's not a very expressive creature, uh, but it looks slightly maybe smaller than it did like maybe a hunk of it kind of turned rock and but it's like still basically fine great next up is briggs it's your actual turn oh okay uh i guess i will just take a swing at it this is 22 to hit once again that is a crit 11 points of damage piercing damage Alright, and from the deck, uh, it's double damage on this crit with a free attack against the target with a minus five penalty. So, so I get to take a second swing for free? Yes, but first give me that double damage, whatever your damage yeah, was, minus two, or times two. It was 11. So, minus 22. It's starting to look not as great as it did before. So now I get to take a free swing? 13. We're going to say that's not a hit. So now it's your second action. What do you do with your second action? I'm going to swing at it for it again. Yeah, that's a hell no. All right, and I get to take another swing at it. Yeah, that's another three. <laughs> uh, that's a no. Okay, so next up is Imogen. All right, so since I only have a 15-foot movement speed, uh, I'm, still, I'm still not in the action yet, right? I'm asking because I don't want to yet be in the action. The diamond spider is directly next to you. Oh, darn. All right. In that case, I'm going to take a step out of its way because I've got my eye on that 14-foot crystal in the sky. It's up in the sky, right? It's not in the sky. It's been dragged, so it's it's just like in the room. I see. Uh, so I'm going to take a step adjacent so the spider is not in my way. Okay. And I'm hoping that... I don't burn my last good third level spell of the day on this. I'm going to use my remaining two actions to cast Searing Light on the 14-foot crystal. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to blow this, this sucker up thinking that, well, all right, so she's got this thing in her head and maybe it's controlling her. I don't know. They, these folks say that she was their friend and now she's not and she's got this crystal and then there's this other crystal. Let me try to blow this mother. So I'm going to cast Searing Light at the, the crystal that's been dragged. Here we go. Uh, that is a 25 to hit the crystal. Yes. Excellent. Okay. This crystal doesn't happen to be a fiend or undead, does it? No. 
Weird. Okay, so instead this is uh, 5d6 of fire damage. Hopefully uh, it is susceptible to fire. We'll find out. 14 points of fire damage. Okay, so here's what that looks like. This bolt flies from our outstretched hand, smashes into the crystal, and the crystal starts glowing like red-hot golden orangish, right? And then the fire that hit it sort of dissipates all of a sudden, like it was absorbed a little bit. All right, everybody, I might have made it worse. <laughs> and then, and then, as that ha- right after that happens, you kind of hear a single crack starts to go across the surface. Oh, well, all right then. Okay, so next up is the diamond spider, and that spider is right next to Imogen. Yeah, it has to take a step to get to you. It is going to go ahead and attack. That's an 18 to hit. Uh, let's see, my AC right now is 20. Dang. Clangs off my uh, chain, uh, off my breastplate. Right. It's <clears throat> it's basically had a shitty run thus far. Yeah. And it looks visibly mad in the way only a crystalline spider can look visibly <laughs> yes. mad. We all know what that looks like, of course. We do. What noise does the crystalline spider make when it is visibly mad? Oh, here it goes. Are we going to start doing sound effects with random household objects? Yes. That's the noise it makes. As it bounces off of your uh, armor, and now it is going to attempt to attack you with its diamond blade, which is one of its arms. And see if this is a hit. Nope. It clings off again. Imogen does a Neo-style step to the side. I'm not rolling well today, guys. Next up is Gwyn. Um, Gwyn has been freezing the lake. Status update on the lake. is about, like, two-thirds frozen at this point. So it's... Also, it's gotten a lot cooler in here. Doesn't stink quite as bad. But there is... Got, she looks to be two-thirds of the way done freezing this lake. Was she perturbed at the, the crystal strike? Un, unemotional. Hmm, okay. All right, so she is going to turn back. What she seems the most perturbed about, if she has any emotion here, is that the diamond spider is so shitty at fighting. <laughs> uh, great, so... One hand continuing to freeze, turns back with the other hand, and she is going to cast Ice Storm. Ice Storm is a cone of hail that spreads straight out of her hand, and it is 40 feet across, and it will uh, be aimed at Dante and her magma ooze and Briggs and Shira. It's not going to make it all the way to you, Imogen. Right, so she shoots ice out of her hand uh, in a way that is super badass and deals 21 points of damage. So in this, uh, the crossfire, the magma ooze also got hit and something strange happens when it gets hit by all of this ice. It splits into two magma oozes. The body, the side of its body that faces Gwen Uh, turned into rock, so it's weakened, but there's now two of them. She's going to move uh, 30 feet towards Imogen, 
So she's now like, we're going to say 15 feet away from Imogen. So close. All right. Next up is Dante. Okay. Let's see. First move, I'm going to cast Healing Hands on myself. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, so that's my first action. The second action, Dante noticed that the uh, crystal reacted to that fire. I think Dante's going to throw his spear at the crystal and see what happens. And he wants to keep his distance. He doesn't if the crystal has some type of field or presence that could possibly try to like take over his mind but i'll use the javelin real quick i don't think that's gonna hit you threw it and it glanced off the surface it didn't even really hit it yeah. so the spear was like next to gwen let's say because it hit her in the head yeah so you called it back you healed yourself i threw the spear and it missed okay your turn is done and the spear is in the ground tip lodged in the sand sure Okay, next up is the second magma ooze. Um, so as I said, the magma ooze split into two. It did take on a fair amount of damage. Um, so it's two fairly small oozes that are left and uh, they're just next to each other and they're next to our Shira and Briggs. So this ooze is going to go ahead and attack Shira. Oi, oh wait, shit, that's the wrong die. I was like, why are the numbers so low on this die? It's a D10. This is true. I'm watching her do it. Hold on. Like... Mulligan. All right. Well, that's a four. So the first hit <laughs> continued to not hit. This one was a 17. Does that hit? Does not hit. Okay. Yeah, that was like a negative two. Okay. <laughs> this magma ooze sort of flails around in your general <laughs> direction trying to hit you and fucking fails. Right, next, it's Shira's turn. So you mentioned at the end of Gwen's turn, she moved towards Imogen. Where does that put Gwen in relation to me? Say she moved, uh, probably, she moved about 15 feet towards Imogen, but to your side, so she's about 10 feet away from you. We're going to try the sneaky sneak thing again, and try and sneak up behind Gwen, and then reach up and try and grab that crystal from her forehead. So... Give me the stealth check first. 22. Okay, so you get past these two shitty oozes. Okay. So we'll say movement was your first thing. You've snuck behind her. And then your next movement or action will be to grapple and attempt to remove the crystal. And for that, yeah, I think acrobatic. Because you got to, like, get up on it. Exactly. That's a 19 for acrobatics. So you manage to get on her, but you don't manage to get the Okay. If you want to do another, have another try at getting the crystal tree, I'll give you another acrobatics. Yeah, I will try, try this thing. Oh, baby. I got a 28. Okay, so you get on her back. You sort of like claw at her face and, and miss at first. But then with another good movement, you... Kind of reach up, get your fingernails around this uh, crystal, which is about an inch tall. So it's like not tiny. And you rip it out of her head. <laughs> With like a little arc of like blood. Awesome. Yes. What color is the blood? 
The blood is blood color. Okay. The crystal is uh, like obsidian black with like a okay. glowing golden light on the inside of it. Cool. Cool. Great. Okay, so you rip it out, and she sort of falls to her knees and comes to you all of a sudden. Gwen, can you hear me? What the fuck are you doing here? What the fuck are you doing here? Where am I? You're in a freaking lava tube! In a freaking volcano! Ha <laughs> ha, you had a crystal in your head! Yeah. She's gonna stick her hand up to her, her forehead and, and pull away the blood and be like, Fuck, guys, what the hell? I dislodged who, it! And who are the, who's the dwarf? What's with the weird pirate? They're cool, don't worry about them. I want to know what happened with you. We could probably talk later. There's like a lava creature. Yeah, you did that. Please get those out of here. As she's just kind of sitting there like being like, ah, blood. The magma ooze is going to have its turn. So uh, they are still sort of in attack mode. So magma ooze is going to go towards Briggs. We'll say still one action to get to Briggs because it wasn't directly next to him. It took him like, it had to ooze three feet, like blah, 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 blah. Good. And then it is going to go ahead and attempt to not fucking miss for once. Oh my god. Uh, it did so bad. It did so bad, you guys. I got an eight. <laughs> That's bad. Uh... <laughs> and that would be a critical fail. <laughs> Does that mean that you get to Zoro him? Yeah. It's uh, 1727. Is that a critical hit? It is a critical hit. If you're using piercing damage, you get double damage and plus two on all your attack rolls for one round. It should be 16. Your rapier goes into this ooze bucket and you feel like you hit air, like a big bubble of sulfur goes to the top of its being, uh, bursts, and the whole thing just splooges onto the ground mm. and dries into rock. So, uh, the one of the magma oozes is dead. Yay! Can we use a different verb for how it decomposes next time? <laughs> yeah, I was like, splooges. Okay. <laughs> not my favorite. I, I'm, 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 vis- I'm trying to visualize it, Fair. and it's not uh, working for me. <laughs> but... Maybe not say no, no splooge. Splooge. Great. Next uh, is Cody. It's your real turn. And you have plus two on all attack rolls for this round. Sweet. Um, How close is the other one from me? It's like right there. It's a couple feet away. Okay. I'm going to swing at that one now. Okay. Yeah, I rolled a 10 plus 10. Did I add a plus two to hit? Yeah. It's a hit. Five with piercing. This ooze was not very large. You kind of do the exact same thing. You stab it in the center, uh, and it just decomposes. Yeah, it just kind of rapidly turns into stone as you you pull out, and it's bleh. Good choice. Another terrible innuendo there. Yep, you're welcome. So now both magma oozes are dead, and there is a... uh, So all that is left in the room is... Well, Gwen, but uh, she knows what's up now. A diamond spider and this large crystal. So you have one attack left, technically. 
Although the diamond spider is like 15-ish feet away from you. All right. Well, I'll just move up towards it then. Great. Imogen, you're up. All right. I'm getting real sick of this. And I'm going to swing out with Soot And I'm going to spend my hero point of the session because I rolled a one. 13 to hit the diamond spider. That is a miss. Hey, listen. You swing and it and it just kind of um swing it a miss. Yeah, you just it just uh this you cannot see my hand it's, motions. It's crouching. It? Sorry, sorry y'all. I'm just a little nervous. Our our old our new enemy is now our new friend. It's confusing. Here, let me try again. Uh 17 on the die. Minus 5 is 12 plus 9 is 21 to hit. Uh that does hit. Okay. 17 points of bludgeoning damage. So you hit this crystalline spider's body and it shatters. Yay. It just shatters into a bunch of <laughs> crystals and uh, and like crystals covered in guts basically splatter uh, onto Briggs. Can we clean that off? That's still diamond. And I, as I, as my downswing, you know, as my arm is coming around with my downswing, uh, the momentum will send me forward on all hold my hold my hand out and say, uh, "Hi, I'm Imogen Sootstock of the Yam Mass Sootstocks. Pleasure to meet you." Holding my hand out to Gwen. Hey, I guess. Like a bad ass. Yes, like a badass. Um, okay. Gives a hold of me into blood diamonds. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Briggs is over there sweeping up all the diamonds. And yeah, realizing that she'll be like, oh, fuck, excuse me. Start start scrambling for diamonds. Except then you find out it's CZ. Keeper's Iconium, no! Great, so combat has more or less ended. It is Gwen's turn. The lake that is underneath you, like three quarters still of turned into rock, so it's cooled a bit. Um, but the giant crystal is still there. So Gwen is going to stand up. She's she's like rubbing her head uh, where there's like just an indentation kind of ripped out. Man, that's going to scar. Y'all didn't have to rip so hard, did you? Did you <laughs> throw a... I feel like somebody threw something at me. Dante like is like, ha ha! And it's like slightly like hiding <laughs> behind Briggs. <laughs> Uh, see, what had happened was, I didn't want to kill you. She's gonna, uh, look around, she'll be like, I I don't really remember how I got here, but I I remember I had this, this crazy dream about this lake of lava, and I was trying to cool the whole thing so that there'd be an explosion of some kind. She goes over to this, this 14-foot crystal, and she touches the crack that's in it. And she says, I don't really know what this thing is. Uh, has this been here the whole time, you guys? Did you bring this? That's what we followed to, to find you. Thinking we might find some survivors from a lumber camp, and instead we found you and a giant, and you were uh, pretty out of it. So she's going to cast Magic Missile um, on this uh, crystal. And she's going to aim for the crack that you've already kind of put into it. This thing is, like, half blown away, but not entirely shattered. She goes, maybe somebody with, like, a hammer or something should take uh, a swing at this thing. Uh, I don't know that magic is working too good on it. 
I'll point to point to my eyes and point to the rock and go clear ass soot heart and I'll I'll just uh, smack it with my my war hammer. Okay, you hit this thing and it uh it, it just absolutely shatters when you hit it with this warhammer. It's like almost like a repeat of when you hit this diamond spider. And I'll shield my eyes. When he, when you like make contact, this blinding light comes from the center of the crystal. And you guys see a a vision of a beautiful woman whose flesh is made out of lava. And uh, behind her is a is another beautiful woman. They're kind of floating in the middle, like a, above this crystal where it had just broken. Uh, behind her is another beautiful woman from the waist up. From the waist down uh, is like a huge snake, essentially. Like a snake bottom half, hot lady top half. Like a snake centaur. She would estimate her weight at like 3,000 pounds because like the snake part of her is, you know, legitimately huge yes uh, whoops should i have done that this lava woman sort of half smiles at uh the the group and she reaches her hand out and from the lava in the room comes swirling up to where her hand is and it forms into the shape of a a glowing sword that sword falls straight down Excalibur style into the like sand, the ash that you guys are standing in. And they, the two uh, people that you see blink out of uh, the material plane and you just, they're gone. That's perfect for Dante. That is so perfect for Dante. Dante is really into this like flaming sword idea because that's like his uh, god. It's, it's like Saren Ray's jam. I can see that you know being a thing. So yeah, functionally, if you want to go pick up that sword, it is a uh, flaming burst keen longsword. And this is like totally a sign from Saren Ray. Oh my god! Uh, hey guys, Gwen here. Do you guys want to do something about the fact that I'm bleeding profusely from my forehead? I've used my healing hands for today. <laughs> Can anybody, like, at least sew this up? Ah, uh, yeah, here. Here, come on over. And I will cast heal on her. And I'm gonna cast a, a, a three, uh, a, a material somatic and verbal heal, so this will catch everybody for seven points of healing. And, uh, okay, so meanwhile, Gwen is just kind of, like, looking around, super confused, and she's like, okay, so... We have a dwarf now, and did we? Where's our gnome? Where's Nomasaki? He disappeared with this note that I kept in my bag that has scribbling on it. Can you decipher it? She, uh, you pull it out. She looks at it and she goes like, "Nope." Okay. Yeah, I understand. You used to travel with these folks. Do you? Do you remember the last thing that happened to you? Well, I, I started to go out on my journey. I was looking for my father. I thought I had a clue for some reason. And then all I remember is I, I looked up and it was, I guess it was Starfall Day. And people were talking about that right as I was leaving. I looked up to watch the meteor shower. And, uh, and that's the last thing I remember. Other than this dream, I was just telling you. I, I just remember it was super important. 
for me to for me to freeze this volcano and then she like goes over and looks at the uh down at this like lake and she was like yep that's that's what i was dreaming about this uh this volcano here is it still frozen or is it starting to break up and thaw now it's starting to to break up and parts of it are starting to like sink back into the lava and are there any sort of knowledge checks we can make to see if we have any inclination of what what the, those two giant women were uh, Dante's like, I actually think a religion check would be great. It's only a 22. 17 plus 8, so 25. Okay. All right, both of those are not quite high enough for you to look at these uh, creatures and immediately recognize them. But the one thing you do recognize is, like, they had a very holy aura about them. You did not get the sense of evil that you get from most uh, spooky creatures. They they had like almost like a friendly aspect to them, and you you could tell that they were not of this world, that they were made out of the same vibes that your gods are made out of. They felt comforting and holy. Dante in particular felt that there there was some kind of similarity to Serenay. Dante, that must have been really special for you. What what are you going to name your blade? I don't know yet. I, I I need to figure out if it is from Serenay or. If it's from these other creatures, and I don't know if it's good or not. Is, is there, are there any markings on it? Anything inscribed? Maybe it already has a name. It doesn't have a name, but it, uh, so it's a black blade. It is a long sword, so I think that means it's two-handed. Yeah. Sorry, you said a black metal long sword? Yeah. That's badass. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And it, so it's a black metal long sword. Uh, it is two-handed. And an obsidian hilt with a... So cool. And it is a fire blade, so like I said, it's got a flaming burst pretty to it. Um, I still gotta come up with a name, and I'm thinking something with... Because Sarah Ray's what, the Dawnflower? The Dawnflower, the Everlight, yeah. Everlight. Hmm. Yeah, you could, you could pray over it. Can I pray? Can I do that? Uh, are, you, are you sure? Yep. But pray, you have praying? to tell me the pray. What are you praying for? Oh, Saren Ray, this blade has fallen into my lap. And I need to know its name. And is it, is it of your glory? You don't get like a voice or anything that badass. But when you grab the hilt, it's like you just know in your heart of hearts, this blade is called the Hand of the Redeemer. Tight. All hell, the Hand of the Redeemer. Sir and Ray has spoken to me. And he swings it around. Just like, we'll say Highlander style. And he's like, Dee! there can only be one hand of the Redeemer. I, I'm imagining both the badass version is the Highlander style yeah. swinging around. And it's really non- just Dante being like, yeah, the non, the non badass version is, is the kid in his garage playing with a Jedi stick. Yeah. Okay, so as a group, this is like a dead end for you guys. I would like to search. A, I need to call my javelin back. Okay. And then, I would, can I search the room for, like, goodies? Yes, you can. I would also like to search the room. Do a perception check. Perception check. Oh, I only got a 14. So, 27? With the 27, you go over to the bloodied, bloodied crystal remains of the diamond spider, and you're able to retrieve one large diamond. And uh, that's pretty much all you're going to find in this How room. How much gold? Uh, probably like 
600. Okay, add that to the to the bag, uh, Briggs. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like a really large diamond. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. I- Imogen's over there just like, yes, 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 yes. You also have this a whole bag of diamonds from your of previous course, fight. Yep. <laughs> so you guys are... Rich. Rich, yes. So you guys leave this cavern. Gwen's just super confused trying to get to know both Briggs and Imogen and not really sure what's going on. Uh, so she's just petting Flava Flav, her pet fennec fox, sort of aggressively, um, and, and walking behind you guys in a daze. The journey back is fairly uneventful. Yeah, over the over the next few days, uh, I'll you, you know Dante and I can uh, patch up everybody's remaining wounds, uh, put salve on any burn scars. Okay, you go back through the woods. You don't see any more of those frozen oozes anymore. You had not fought all of them. You had only really killed one. But you don't see them anymore. It's like they've just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lumber camp is still abandoned because all the people are dead. And you make it back to Falcon's Hollow. So when you get back to town, you're greeted by Sheriff Deirdre Bailson, who rides out to meet you. Played by Serena Williams. Hey, y'all. I heard you went to follow that kid. And y'all left in such a hurry. I didn't even think about it. What What ended up happening? Lumber Consortium don't allow no kids, so something fishy must have been about. Uh, yeah, it was some hinky magic stuff. Y- you know the type. A meteor fell from the sky and was controlling our good friend Gwen here, and we saved her life, and there was some weird stuff in them woods. You know the joke. Ah, oh, well, you know how the woods are. They're, they're full of weird stuff all yeah, the time. Yeah, check out this sword I found. Ha <laughs> ha! Grace of Saren Ray! Tell you what, like Dante, that's... That's a badass sword right there. running around and like... Catches her hair on fire. (laughs) Yeah, whoops, whoops, okay, all right. Well, I still got to get used to that. So she rides back with you, and as you get to Falcon's Hollow, you you notice the city is abuzz with excitement for this uh, Belltide ritual. So you started at the Belltide market, and Belltide is a season ahead of a holiday. Deirdre Bailson's talking your ear off about... Good thing you made it back in time for the Belltide ritual. It's the best time of the year. It's it's personally my favorite time of the year, and and we get to do all sorts of fun stuff. And I'm I'm sure that you you'll be honored at the tonight's festival if you're if you're willing to come. Yes, but first I must stop by the nuts 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 tent to get me some more mix a sack of mixed nuts. We have to refill our nut sacks. Oh yes, and don't forget my bell. Good, you'll need that bell. You can go get you some nuts or whatever and and meet up at the center of the town tonight and, and we'll walk you through the whole ritual. Sound good? Sounds great. So, all around Falcon's Hollow, the city is abuzz with excitement for the Belltide ritual. The city has been surrounded by a ring of dark wood, which has been soaked in alcohol, and they've put up a huge grandstand on the fairgrounds with an enormous pile of holly sitting to the side of it. So at night you come down to this fairgrounds area where everyone has really collected. The majority of the city is up in these grandstands kind of watching the uh, ritual itself. And Fuldren Creed, the head of the Lumber Consortium and general, kind of a shitty dude, he's been talking to you about your entire adventure that you've just had and he is played by seal if you do not remember 
Kiss from the rose on the gray. And that's Thulder and Creed's intro music. <laughs> so as you guys are describing what happened, uh, Thulder and Creed kind of pipes in and he's like, Jurassic Crag, you were you were underneath that? Uh, it's been an age since it last erupted. It would have destroyed everything. The the entire consortium, the entire wood. If if you'll allow me, I'll honor you. Uh, you could lead the bell tide ringing tonight. You've done our city a great service by stopping this volcano eruption. Could we uh, do a do a sense motive? I also have a, a thing called lie to me as a feat, so I can use a deception check to detect lies. Okay, yeah, go for it. Fourteen. Uh, you can tell that he's actually very sincere. He's not a good dude, but he's not excited for himself to die either. Fair. Okay, checks out. Dante's really ready to lead the parade with Bell. They brought out a bigger bell for him to ring. He's happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, most of the people in the grandstands are are holding uh, those little silver bells, include like just exactly like the one that Dante purchased at the beginning of the adventure. All right. Well, I guess I settled on that being Boldrin's voice, so. Everybody kind of quiets down as the sun starts to set, and that's when this ritual begins. Uh, Thuldren is standing up on like a small stage that they've set up in front of the grandstands. All the people have quieted in the grandstands, and uh, you guys are lined up in a uh, line behind him, facing these the people. And Thuldren starts to speak into like a little non-electric megaphone. <clears throat> Like these holly wreaths, our woes scratch and threaten to strangle us. But each bell tide, we cleanse ourselves of the suffering of the year, and we start clean. You have no doubt heard by now of the tragedy at the Northwestern camp. These are the woes of the Lumber Consortium, and we must now take responsibility for this, and ensure a better future for us all. The spirit of bell tide is this, baptism by burning. Let us celebrate by ringing our bells for all to hear. Falcon's Hollow will not cower in fear. We will not let our woes drown us. We will rise from the ashes stronger. And the crowd like loses its mind. Like, ah! Oh my God, yeah! So he turns, Thuldren turns to you and he has a bunch of wreaths of holly on one arm and he takes the wreath of holly and it's about the, it's like a crown, like the size of your head and he starts with Imogen. He places this wreath of holly on your head and then hands you a handbell. Uh, he crowns you and says, dulcet bell tide, and goes to the next, dulcet bell tide, dulcet bell tide. Dante has to lean down so that he can put the crown on and then turns to the crowd and says, I now crown these heroes, the kings and queens of bell tide. And the whole crowd erupts with dulcet bell tide. And they're all screaming dulcet bell tide, which is the traditional greeting of bell tide. Can we ring our bells yet? Uh, you can if you want, but but not yet. I will enthusiastically ring it. You ring it alone and everyone just like kind of looks at you. Uh-oh. Recognizing that I shouldn't have been ringing my bell, I raise a hand. So sorry about that. Muffle the bell. And then he, he turns back to you guys after announcing you kings and queens and says, okay, you guys may light the fire. And like a little helper person runs out with a torch and hands each of you a torch. There's a pile of dark wood that's soaked in alcohol behind you. 
So you guys can go and light it. Ooh. Dante's going to pull out his sword, flaming sword. Okay. In order to light this, whatever it is. All right. So each of you goes over. If you're normal, you just stick your torch against the mm, dark yeah. wood. And if you're Dante, you swing your sword into the dark, dark wood. The fire spreads quickly along the alcohol-soaked dark wood, forming a ring around the city. All the people from the grandstand stand up and they're filing into one line and they're picking a, a sprig of holly from um, this pile of holly that's next to the ring of dark wood. Bailson turns to you guys and says, all right, now, I know it's your first bell tie, but go ahead and grab some holly. Those are your woes, and you throw them into the fire. Yay. Dante goes and grabs a handful of holly. And so everybody throws their holly into the fire, yeah. and the whole town erupts into a clamor of bells. So, and they, they're slamming those bells. And the whole town itself, if you were to zoom out from like an aerial view, is surrounded with a ring of burning dark wood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Somewhere, far, far away, a being wrapped in vines turns its head to the sky, listening for the distant clanging of bells. <laughs>